0: Ladies and gents, welcome to season four, episode one. We made it. We made it. No pot fading on this side, baby. <laughs> I think four is like we're we're in our senior year. Yeah. Hopefully, by the end of this one, we graduate. Um, Just so
1: phone the last you know, seven <laughs> yeah, casts. Hopefully, in. we're not actually seniors
0: because yeah. holy shit, that would end terribly. Uh, let's get started. We, are, we have a unique cast, right? Because it's October. Potober? October, October. Get your head out of your <laughs> ass. <laughs> and uh, I am joined by my two friends who love Poe the most. Unfortunately, Mr. Nick Gregorio could not be with us today, but, oh, man, do we have a fantastic substitute from our not-so-deep bench. Uh, I am joined, as always, by one Daniel DeFranco. Hey, guys. And today by my good friend and colleague, Eric Weingarten. That's me. Say hello. Hello. No, uh, right hello. on. Hello.
2: <laughs> hello. That's me. Hello.
0: Off to a strong start. Here we go. He doesn't, uh, he
1: doesn't see uh, sunlight too often. So
0: <laughs> it can only go up. Though. When when uh, I say that that these guys love Poe or are are sort of fans of Poe in ways that I have uh, not encountered previous, I am not joking. Um, and I want to start by us talking about the writer person a little bit shortly just to give a brief background because frankly um what i'm noticing this year which which has struck me is that a lot of the references that i made a lot of the uh, things that i would regard as common knowledge um, are not with a lot of my uh, students Um, and so someone like poe depending on what uh, a previous teacher or, or teachers may have uh, thought of him may not have uh, been part of their canon and so they may not have learned it so i, I do want to not that there's students listening to this but i do want to for whoever uh give a give a little bit of background so does anybody want to take that just like very brief poe is this person
1: edgar allen poe was born on january 19th in 1809 it. to know, <laughs> is, is this it. Is what you want to do oh, i love it That's exactly in boston to eliza and david poe David Poe shortly left the family, and a couple of years later, his mother died when they were in Richmond. Eric, we started the man's life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Poe was adopted, right, um, by friends of the family and uncle. Is that, I think that it's questionable who the uh, the Allens were. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, they, they weren't related. I think okay. there was an ad in a paper, um, and uh, Francis Allen was like, hey, John, uh, I'm Baron." Um <laughs> I mean she wasn't <laughs> This is the conversation she had I'm Baron In your, in your head Yeah And as we know the conversations <laughs> In
2: your
0: head are different
1: I, I need this little Edgar This little Edgar Poe in my life Oh my
0: god Look at him
2: Right and John John was a dick Yeah Right And he and Edgar didn't uh, didn't get along So much so that uh, Edgar went much of his life Under pseudonyms Or at least not using the name uh, Alan So as to, to separate himself from his relationship with John Yeah
1: he always signs his name Edgar A. Poe I don't think mm-hmm. he ever actually signed his name Edgar Allan Poe
2: Right
0: wonderful wow that actually that last bit i i yeah. was unaware of um and so my first uh experience with poe was a friend of mine our first band was called 67 tales which was a collection of Poe stories it was 67 tales of Aguirre and poe that was my first very first band named after him and uh this was a person uh, real good friend of mine kevin cunningham great musician um, but at this time we were in sixth grade and he was obsessed with Poe and the Doors and stuff like yep. that. We were we were pretty fucking dark, man. Um, and so that was my first experience and, and he would bring over that book and we'd like read it and stuff because we were dorks who would just played music and listened to whatever and things like that. So that was my first experience and the one that struck me most was The the, the Mask of the Red Death. I really, really loved that story um, because for some reason the the whole party just seemed like 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 somewhere I wanted to be but knew I didn't at the same time which Mm -hmm. was a very strange emotion um to to have at once and I just remember oh that that's making me feel in a way that I I haven't before so that's mine what about yours Dan oh introduction
1: to Poe um this will surprise no one that has listened to the cast before uh I got into Poe because I wanted to be a dick (laughs) (laughs) we had to recite a mission accomplished yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh Poe was actually kind of a dick but we can talk about that later on sure um We in sixth grade we had to pick a poem to read, and I was like, "You motherfucker, you're gonna make me stand in front of the class and read a poem." I don't (laughs) know why I took umbrage with that. Like I liked poetry, I liked writing. Right. So we, I flipped through the book, and the longest poem in the book we had was "The Raven." (laughs) So I didn't really know it at the time. I was like, "Well, you you want a poem? You're gonna yeah fucking poem. poem, Yeah." (laughs) And then I think shortly thereafter, the Simpsons, uh, "Treehouse of Horror" came out. And I was like, oh, I, nice. I know that. Yeah. And I just kind of, it just all kind of snowballed from there. And, um, yeah. You know, oh,
0: I like that reference. Tonight. Yeah. I mean, well.
1: yeah. Snowball
0: to from there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it just, uh, you know, and then later on we read more and then in high school and so on and so forth, how, how these things, uh, you know, take shape.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, right.
1: and my continuing fascination with him <coughs> is, is a new, th- is a, I
0: was going to ask that. Yeah.
1: Uh. So often, I think, when we think of Poe, and, and frankly, most authors, we see this l- late-in-life picture of them, and it's the static image of this. Yeah. Uh, we all see this picture that was taken of him, like, weeks before he died, where he's oh, haggard, his left eye's droopy, his hair's uh, unkempt, Yeah, and that's where, like, oh, that guy, it's that like Dylan man. Dylan Moran's hair. Yep. Yeah. And just the character assassination that happened, like, right after he died coupled with that picture it just lingers and what we have to yeah. remember is that when poe wrote these things he was 30 years old when he wrote the story that we're reading today he was a young man for all of his life even dying at 40 is still relatively a young Abs- man absolutely. you're just entering middle age but he was writing a lot of stuff when he was like 19 20 his poems in you know from his youth and yeah, then all the yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. we know he was in his late 20s and early 30s at the height of his uh his powers and i i'm starting to have like a better appreciation of that as now as we age right i am going to be 40 in a couple of months yeah you know yeah absolutely so um, we're gonna
0: have to remove you from the cast that's like (laughs) kind (laughs) of send me to baltimore (laughs) send you to baltimore it should be like a a thing right like it added like we'll make it into a saying send me to baltimore (laughs) i'm done put a fork in me that's (laughs) it eric how about yourself
2: you know um I gotta say that probably the Simpsons, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode, uh, the parody of The Raven, is my first, I'm sure it wasn't my first experience with Poe, but it's my earliest recollection um, of Poe, and as a, as a kid who grew up obsessed with The Simpsons, before I was obsessed with Poe, uh, it just sort of took root from there, uh, I explored as much as I could, read as much as I could, um, and really sunk my teeth into it, uh, and it probably wasn't until... Until college, uh, that I took an entire uh, class just on Poe, the works of Poe, the life oh, of Poe. Oh yeah, Um, Yeah, that I really uh, developed the appreciation that I that I carried into my into my adulthood. I would take umbrage um, with your comment, uh, Daniel, that forty is approaching middle age. <laughs> um, as a thirty-nine year old myself, I'm nowhere near middle age, uh, so we we can talk about that outside of the cast. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: if you got to do it all over again, you're making it to eighty, and that's pretty good. That's yeah. fair. So you're halfway there. Right. Thank you for, yeah. Let's yeah. uh, put it in perspective. of sunshine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. Excellent. That was going to be sort of my question. And I see it now, you know, that class really can just like catapult you into like a lifelong love and appreciation, something like that. I remember I took a Russian literature class and that did the same exact thing. Like it just threw me in the dust and I, I absolutely love them because it's interesting that for, for all accounts, Poe really does a lot of things that I really like, and I'm surprised um, that I don't go out of my way to continue to read him more, and I know you guys really, really do, and you celebrate him, uh, which is fantastic. So um, I'm going to introduce us, uh, you gentlemen, as um, as uh, Poe Stories, because we picked, I think, a lesser-known work, we could ag- agree, yeah. or not we, Daniel, you picked it. Um, William
1: Wilson will be the story if you want to hit pause and uh, read 20 page story and they <laughs> tune back
0: in pop back in yeah, yeah. um so uh I, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna give you um two stories one is uh not the actual one is this me just funny and then the other one's the real one that i picked okay, oh, okay. I so it. i'm gonna start with eric actually uh uh diddling <laughs> Right. Huh? <laughs> if I were to introduce yeah. you somebody, I'd be like, have you ever read the post-story diddling?
2: No explanation
0: required. Y- yeah, no explanation. Exactly. No, the actual one that I chose is um, uh, kind of equally sarcastic, but it's the the premature burial. <laughs> which, <Go on>. Which, <laughs> yeah, so this is the reason. Uh, the reasoning is um, your just fantastic set this summer made me think that you have prematurely buried your stand-up and you need to resurrect it. And, and get back on stage in a more regular fashion. You turned it into a compliment.
2: I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: well, that's the way I do these things. I don't know if you've been listening, right. or we've just been assuming you have. And <laughs>
2: you're talking about the set in which I lambasted the very show that we're recording right now? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the
0: one. Yeah, right. and it's amazing that um, almost immediately after, you're on it. I love it. Uh, Daniel, uh, the... The uh, fake one is King Pest, okay, <laughs> which I think is just funny. <laughs> that's a fucking name. Um, the actual one's uh, Angel of the Odd, because I think that's just a very, very uh, well-suited title and also the story itself, which I read based only on picking it. Uh, I, I have was like, not read that. It is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. It's, it's just like a very uh, interesting story where, you know, I feel like there are, are so many moments where you have uh, shown me the way in a number of things, mostly with uh, my writing, and The Angel of the Odd uh, kind of does that in a more morbid fashion. So huh. I think it's a, a pretty fitting one. I like
1: it. I don't have to read it now. It's pretty good. I like it. And I, th- I think, Eric, you and I, we both, uh, we both have one for you, Nick. We, we, uh, we, we saw this coming. <laughs> so I, How could you not? There's like a million stories. Yeah, yeah, Eric picked one, and then I picked one for you as well.
2: So if I was to introduce you as a Poe story, I think it would be Murderers at the Rue Morgue, Um, because A, I think you're an original, you're a first of your kind, and as we know, it was the first uh, kind of um, regarded uh, detective story. Yes, Um, yeah. And also, um, I think you're a little bit enigmatic. Uh, You're a bit of a mystery, and once solved, um, leaves me pretty (laughs) disappointed.
0: That's just a taste. Of the set I was re- referring to <laughs> earlier, ladies and gentlemen. nice no, of that. What if comedy. he's not Thank
1: good you. at comedy? He's just good at making fun of you. Making you fun of Nick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take it right. and run with it. The one I picked for you was uh, Philosophy of Furniture. Dude, I saw that one <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I was looking for you guys.
1: <laughs> so um, it's a very odd choice for Poe. He writes this whole essay on interior decorating. <laughs> And it, and it pretty much goes like this. Everything is shit. <laughs> the Italians are shit. English are shit. The Russians are shit. Garbagio. The Kickapoo's are shit. <laughs> An American uh, apartment? Don't even get me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. then he goes on to list what a furnished room should be. And since you are a, a carpenter and you built your own sitting room... Uh, <laughs> down here in the studio yeah. i figured you would uh appreciate the
0: i jumped to it philosophy yeah. of furniture so I, yeah that's that's wonderful i remember wasn't it we were we were at a show and uh we had we had imbibed a bit and uh you you started cracking up because <laughs> without even thinking i just looked at this thing and i was like oh well that's just not sealed properly at all <laughs> <Yeah>. is it <laughs> yeah i think it was like a gas station yeah. or something. <laughs> all right um well, let's jump in. We picked, or Daniel picked, William Wilson, uh, which is a pretty goddamn interesting story in that, I know a lot of people call it like a, a reverse Jekyll and Hyde, something like that. Um, I saw some of that when I was you know, looking it up. Uh, this was first published 180 years ago to the month. So October of uh, 1839 is when it was published. Um, and it was published in uh, Burton's Gentleman's Mag. Um, which is interesting because, you know, like I always I think we forget that like Playboy was a literary magazine and stuff like that. And and, and this was a lot of, uh, you know, people actually did read it for the articles at times. Well, they could yeah. only read it for the articles. Uh, yeah. The yeah.
1: lithograph of a <laughs> <laughs> of an ankle. <laughs>
0: true. True. <laughs> 1839. Yeah. That was the year. Um, but there is also a pretty sexy movie that's like a, a triumvirate of... Uh, of three post stories um, featuring Jane Fonda called the Spirits of the Dead and uh William Wilson is in that one as well. It's the third story, I believe. Right. Um so in any case, uh brief brief recap, should we should we venture down that path? Yeah, uh,
1: uh so Burton's magazine, uh, Poe was the editor of that and I'm wondering if he was actually the editor when this was published in
0: it. Ah, I should have dug
1: on if, yeah. if he submitted. I don't know that either because he only worked at these places for a very Brief amounts of time, right? He'd go in, he'd turn it around, he'd get their readership up, yep. And then they'd fire him, or once or twice he would like the thing would
2: just fail. Yeah, um, he'd make some enemies. Too many enemies. Give him the boot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um. So William Wilson is uh, very very broad strokes is a doppelganger story. Um. You can liken it to a Black Swan, or mm, that's uh, a good comparison. Or yeah. Fight Club type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. type of thing.
0: Type of there was I uh, yeah. I actually it, you know cuz you're you're reading it and as you're going along there's a very clear, you know, uh second entity that's there. Yeah. Um and so like something like a, a at times like a talented Mr. Ripper or, or even mm-hmm. a um even what I read here um you know like a, a a picture of Dorian Gray kind of situation was 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 popping into Star. my head. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know what's odd too and I we'll get to this a little bit later I'm sure but like Polonius's advice to Laertes in Hamlet kept popping up, um, and and that was a weird thing. And I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But those are like my three connections if, if we're looking at that. Did you have any? Eric?
2: Well, I will say to uh, reference my notes right here um, that I've written that it draws comparisons to Dorian Gray and Fight Club. Um, no is, shit, is what it says right there. Wow. Um, and why, did,
0: why we should just tell Gregorio like, listen, this guy's just so much more on point with yeah. our. We're not going to cut aesthetic. that, are we,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nick? We're just kidding. We, d- you know, he, he would. He's going to be really upset when he hears <laughs> that.
0: Just because he had one, of, one he chose.
2: Yeah. Should we not tell him that I'm sitting in in his seat <laughs> as well? <laughs> Um, no, those were those were the two comparisons that I thought were were most apt that came that came to mind. Um, also, it should be mentioned uh, that one has to ask what came first, the post story or the Smithereens song by the same name, <laughs> William Wilson, which I've been listening to again and, In fact, I haven't even listened to today's album because I've been stuck on that Smithereens track. Um, we can talk about that. That's crazy
0: because I I didn't I had no idea. I had no idea that's pretty cool, William Wilson. So in any case. We have a doppelganger story, yeah. and uh, essentially, there's great pains taken by our speaker uh, in the beginning to say, William Wilson is not my fucking name. Yeah. It's just a placeholder, because my actual name, you know, I, I, I need to, you know what I mean? Like For, I, for no reason. For no reason. Yeah.
1: Oh, this is like- a bizarre. Classic Poe trope, or just a story trope of, this thing happened, and now let me tell you this tale.
0: Very- Lovecraftian yeah. uh you know these guys really just have piles of stories that take this approach um and so what we have here is a, a recounting mm-hmm. of of the of the uh, relationship between William Wilson and then of course his doppelganger the other William Wilson that and, shows And
1: it. arguably the story is being told before the narrator
0: dies. Right. Correct? Yeah. Mhm. And it's it's very interesting that it's he's a strange uh, that was a, that was a weird thing because we go okay. He starts at his childhood. I'm in this this strange, really really uh, just odd school in like a mansion of sorts. I'll describe it for five pages. Yeah, uh, It's huh? like that's what's on my mind as right? I'm dying. I loved one of my favorite things about that though was that the other William Wilson, right the the one that showed up the was it the day he showed up? Same, yeah, yeah. This other yep. William Wilson shows up and uh, and then you know they they look the same and 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 they have the same. Uh, birthday which i definitely want to talk about yeah. um but the mansion is 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 made in such a way it's this grand place where there's all these little like just like not even passageways just just oddly shaped extra spaces it's in, like in the hogwarts right and and this mm-hmm. william wilson and and these spaces were only big enough to for that they were very thrifty uh uh what you a uh, headmaster, yeah uh, decided to turn into like little apartments for mm. for extra you know, so he get as many pupils in there as possible, and the other William Wilson's in there. I love that as a foreshadowing, I think it's I think it's great, like this just extra space if you view so for me, as I looked back, I started viewing the mansion. And why does he take such great pains like five fucking pages to talk about this i i I really think that the 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 mansion is representative of the mind and as the minds being Mm -hmm. formed you know and and that's these formative years and this is when he's first getting his education education is literally at the center of this entire story right it's always where he went to school and and there's only an aside really of of these numerous cities and countries he goes to paragraph at at, the end yeah Mm -hmm. after he's uh After he's disgraced and has to leave Cambridge, you know, and and, but most of it's like, I went to school at this mansion, so much of it's there. And then we're in Cambridge for a bit. And then he's he's disgraced and then he goes into a tailspin, essentially. Um, And so I really, I was thinking, why spend so much time on this? Is this just a a Poe thing? Is this just this era? Um, and for me And I would love to hear You guys opinions I don't know if you were Thinking the same But it really started To, to look Oh he's actually Trying to get us To think of All these corridors And all these spaces And, and just what it what These formative years Have in relation to Something like this And we're talking about uh, Education It just seemed like Oh this is This is the mind Becoming the mind um, And this is why this, this, this other Person shows up At this time Literally a cricket <laughs> Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> you to, I, you?
2: I think the um, the, the schools uh, the the school is really important in a couple of different ways. Also because uh, the the construction of the of the school, which you're talking about, um, one of the things is that it, there's a couple different stories, a couple different floors on this on uh, in the school, and uh, it's difficult for him because of the the, the way the school is kind of designed. It's difficult to tell whether you're on the first floor or the second floor, because um, it really isn't. He's, right, it's
1: like three or four. Flights of stairs lead you to the next one, so it's there's not really right. floors. And and I
2: think that you know what you have there um, is sort of mimicked in these two characters, William Wilson um, and the, and the doppelganger. Right? Is this difficulty in our with our narrator to to understand kind of like duality, like where one thing ends and the next thing begins? Um, he yeah. says the same thing about like the headmaster or the principal, whatever the school. Yeah, he's,
0: he's a minister. He's too, He's a right?
2: minister. Or so a he's this
3: yeah. ha-
2: he's this hard ass in school, right? Yep. Um But when he, you know, when he's, when he's being a minister, um, you know, he's sort of speaking the word of God and, and, and our narrator says, I have a hard time reconciling that this could be the same person, right? The yeah. same person in school as Absolutely. he is, you know, as he is in church. I don't know if I'm on the first floor or I'm on the second floor mm-hmm. and, you know, not to, to spoil, but obviously if this William Wilson too, is some representation of some kind of subconscious, um, to not have the, you know, the, the, the knowledge of where, where he ends, and this other version of himself begins, I think is represented in the in the way the school is kind of designed
0: as well yeah, yeah, absolutely and and it's um, just to to catch the listener up in the school, which is most of the story these formative years, um, I guess we would call it like a middle school situation, right, because essentially college and university was more yeah, like high up, school age when they went back then. it's
1: up until he's about fifteen Fifth,
0: fifth year well is when he is when he leaves, correct.
1: Yeah, well, he says, uh, I was there. Oh, he goes to Eaton after that. Up to my third lustrum. And I looked at where I was like, what the fuck's a lustrum? Yeah, yeah. That's, lustrum was five years, so he was like 15. Gotcha. And
0: so and then he left.
2: Yeah. But he left out of necessity, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't so leave he because goes, schooling was over. Yeah, yeah, he
0: goes and sees his doppelganger in one of those little uh, sort of pod apartment kind of things, mm. and uh, and he, he's shocked at the face. Because the entire time, just to again catch the listener up is uh the 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 doppelganger has been um mockingly imitating our speaker and, and becoming closer and closer to him, and in he only style whispers and he only whispers yeah. uh and and more and more he's coming closer and closer to to our speaker, and this is freaking him out and and he's the only one to challenge him because our speakers presents himself as sort of the badass. That's the leader of this presumably group of boys. Um, and he says something about how um, and I actually I like link this to to <laughs> to a Trump thing, um, which, you know,
2: I, wait, we're not going to Trump bash, are, are we? Because that's not what I signed up for.
0: <laughs> so here he goes. He goes, if there is on Earth a supreme and unqualified despotism, it is the despotism of a mastermind in boyhood over the less energetic spirits of its companions. And I literally, my only note is Trump on that. But what we're seeing here is he's the leader, right. and the only person to challenge him is his doppelganger, this other William Wilson. Yeah. Um, and so when we're getting that, um, one of the other things I, I wanted to note and see what you guys thought, because you you uh, you love Post so much, and you, you're more scholars of him than I am. But this, but assuredly, if we had been brothers. We must have been twins, for, after leaving Dr. Bransby's, I casually learned that my namesake was born on the 19th of January, 1813, and this is a somewhat remarkable coincidence, for the day is precisely that of my own nativity. We were born on the same day is a much shorter sentence that I think elicits the same response from the reader, and uh, I, I, I feel like, and I, just to look at the language of Poe in this, um, I saw enough of these... That I was like taken aback a little bit because you go for two three pages and you're like, ooh, man, he's crushing it, and then you get one of these. Yeah. Does that mm-hmm. uh, uh, still um, hang you guys up at all, as, as, or, or is it something that we we, we kind of um, see his style enveloped in, and, and and we can continue to go through, you know, as we continue to read them?
1: Well, I think that's just just how he wrote, and the more you read it, the more you're just you start getting in tune with the thing sure you know it's like yeah. yeah if i went to sit down and read some shakespeare right now i'd have to kind of get into that rhythm
0: right okay i you see know? yeah because so, that um, was that was actually kind of my question i wasn't sure um because some of them some of them stuck out like that yeah and others i was like "Ooh, what a nice you know what i mean like it's just it's just the syntax is beautiful and, it, and it's phrased perfectly and then other ones i'm like well this thing the the and i, I don't know if that's a modern reader thing mm-hmm. and and you do have to jump in like that or if it's um I don't know. Or it's Poe just knowing how to
1: tell a story and like he'd he realize that, he, that there's a lot of stuff happening. Let me just drop this thing to to ground the yeah. reader. So, let me talk about that birthday just for a quick second. He says uh they had the same birthday, January 19th, 1813. Yep, yep. So January 19th is actually Edgar Allan Poe's birthday. Oh, man. and there's a scholarship. I haven't I haven't read the actual letters, but Poe was born in 1809, but throughout his life He, um, I guess, to make himself seem a little bit more precocious or whatever, he changed his birthday to eighteen eleven, and then also to eighteen thirteen. Oh snap! So if you wanted to like kind of go down the route of seeing how William Wilson mimics Poe's own life,
0: what a great choice! It's like a story
1: that is—it's all the things that yeah. It's like it's Poe's life. Hmm. Wow! He went to these great schools. He had nothing to do with his parents. Right. He got into trouble with gambling. His own self was his biggest uh destructive force
0: in his life, yep, because so. that I mean that's essentially when he leaves goes to arguably a better school mm-hmm. um because he he he's going to confront the doppelganger with his lantern in his little apartment and uh and sees him and, and and is shocked and 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 sort of just i mean he doesn't say frightened, but it seems like there's there's some fear um there, perhaps he's aghast at the the face he sees that mm-hmm. how on earth he's been mimicking me, but now his face is my face, you know, and 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 this this is interesting. Even more so, he, right? Right, because yeah. later on, uh, when he's when he's in Cambridge and stuff like that, the face, and after that, the face is always shrouded. Um, you don't see the face any longer, mm-hmm. and he takes great pains to 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 note that you no longer can see the face. Um, but it's that whisper. He knows it. He knows the whisper exactly. And he knows the right.
1: feeling of, you know, when the other William Wilson is there.
0: And so we should say. Uh, I think at this point, what the other William Wilson is doing is calling him on his shit when he's in his younger grades, and then mm-hmm. as he gets as he gets older, he he presents himself as this badass who's 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 sort of very uh you know on the wrong side of the tracks, and he he's he's the one that's that's um the 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 the, the Hyde, the Mister Hyde character, mm-hmm. if we're making that comparison, right? The Narrator, we're, you're talking about correct, right? Yeah, and 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 what I started to think about was. Well, holy shit! The 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 antagonist here, though, is the doppelganger. He's the one poking him, you know. And 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 when I look at what the speaker is doing or the, the narrator is doing, it's nothing that's really so untoward, right? Until he gets much later in life, like like I know then gambling, and that's what made me think of the Larities thing, mm-hmm. like the the gambling and 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 uh, you know dealing with like. I guess there's a allusion to loose women and like stuff like this, and trying to steal somebody's wife and and all this other stuff. But beyond, I guess that's the worst of it. But all the early stuff, he's he's just kind of like the 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 ringleader of what I think all of us have been a part of or seen growing up is, is is like that that whole mentality of just like pushing the boundaries, the 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 rebel who's who's not prescribing the social norms. And when I look at the doppelganger. He seems like a, a conscience of short of sorts, always there to check him when he's doing something uh, that's a crossing that line. But but wow, is he is he fucking with him and also fucking up his his life quite a bit? Because the the worst that we see is is the narrator's taking advantage of of people who are ripe to be taken advantage of, um, and not in a way that's that's cruel or. Overtly malicious, he's cheating them out of money in cards. But someone who is—I mean—he takes a page to say how wealthy the dude is and how yeah. it's how it's a drop in his bucket,
2: right? But it isn't, as we learn. Oh, right. right? Because then he starts crying. And, yeah, and, and he's, he's like, anybody with the kind of money that I thought this cat had right. should not have been um, upset in this way. So upset yeah. by by me, you know, white man can't jumping him. But but I, I <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, nicely done. Uh, <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> that was a good one, yeah. But w- to me, I kind of read this as um, that it wasn't so much that 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 he didn't actually have the funds, but that the embarrassment of the situation. Because if we remember, everybody puts down their cards and steps away to watch the spectacle right. of this of this lord being being sort of like cheated um, out of out of his out of his dough and and made to look a fool. And so it felt to me like. We're still thinking about. I, I just this year I've started to think about how young you actually are in college, you know. And then I started to think about how young these guys actually are, like because it's it's they're even four years younger essentially than than we were when we went to college, um, back in the eighteen hundreds. And and so I'm thinking, wow, you know, th- these are still children in a lot of ways. And and it's I think it's the embarrassment, you know, to be embarrassed to that degree mm-hmm. might actually be the thing rather than him not actually having that. The fun. So I right. didn't see our narrator and I, I'd love to hear what you guys think because I'm talking for way too fucking long. But the, I would love the, to see the narrator didn't seem like such a bad guy.
3: Uh,
1: he was kind of a dick.
3: Right. He was You're totally right. a dick. He yeah, sets yeah, it yeah. up like
1: right in the beginning. He's like, my parents were a bunch of fucking dopes. Right. And, uh, well. <laughs> and, I, and I ran that household. And then he's sort of like the From bully. From a very young age. Yeah. He's
0: a little bit of a bully. actually. Absolutely. Yeah, he's that's a bully true. on that's the true. playground. Yeah. Yep.
1: And that's when the other William Wilson comes in and kind of gives him his shit back. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, And then the guy, like, th- I mean, the rest of the story is is this guy, the narrator, just being kind of just a little bit of a dick. Getting and getting checked. And then Wilson coming in and saying, hey, man, maybe you should roll that shit back a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no, the narrator's the narrator's a dick. Yeah, he is yes. kind of a boy. That's right. That's right. Um do you just, wanna Eric? I, yeah. You know,
2: that there's an interesting line somewhere towards the uh the beginning and I didn't I didn't indicate it, but it but it's it's it spoke um so true to me, you know, as a as an educator also, that he he suggests like I kinda ran shit mm-hmm. um and that everybody respected me except for kids who were way older than me. Which mm-hmm. felt so yeah. authentically like schoolyard Something kind of, of dynamic, right? Yeah. That like, regardless of how tough you are, the kids who are older are not going to abide your shit. Uh, right. And the best you can do is kind of like create your your clan of followers within your you know within your group and your and your age. And that you know, even in the you know eighteen whatevers, that it, it feels so kind of like prescient today. That yeah. kind of that kind of group dynamic. But he was a total dick, um, <laughs> and you know, and 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 this does follow so much of of Poe's, you know, Poe's kind of, uh, you know, what do you call it? The the way that he writes, the kind of- Style or ethos. Yeah, his style, um, which is, there's always a question of, is narrator protagonist? Are those people one Mm. and the same? Yeah. but, you know, this kind of, like, this, this dude who, who, who stalks him and is this kind of, like, moral arbiter and this, like, moral compass and checks him whenever he's stealing somebody's money or somebody's wife or he's getting too yeah. drunk or whatever it is. And then, you know, the guy, you know, the, 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 the whispery guy, you know, William Wilson, too, who needs, you know, who's got tonsillitis or something, um, he shows up and, and, checks, and checks our narrator in the same way that, like, frankly um, – you know the heartbeat does in the Telltale Heart. There you go. In the same way that the black cat does in the Black Cat, there is yeah. always this thing that's sort of pushing back. Um, and Poe, you know, Poe's uh, Poe's vehicle, Poe's technique was this unreliable narrator, which is he's yeah. the guy telling the story. Um, but do we like him? And and yeah. and how do we make those determinations? Yeah,
1: and I don't, I don't really think Poe cared. Like if you liked the narrator, mm-hmm. he's telling these stories uh, in this grotesque fashion to. To sell stories, so you could put food on his table. Right. He deemed himself a poet. He the, he was yeah. sort of F. Scott Fitzgeralding. It was like, listen, I just got to write these stories to pay bills. Right. You know, he was mainly at the bulk of his work is criticism. I mean, we don't we don't read his criticism. Sure. But like his criticism, like towers, like as, as far as volume of it. Over I know, and work.
0: all of us have a have a book two to three inches thick. Yeah. You know, in front of us right now, um, it is it is interesting. I think um, that these these stories are the things that that seem to stick around even more than the the poems like we'll use annabelle lee but as an example of that particular form and not Mm -hmm. necessarily um as something that we're going to to really dissect uh in the same way as we would a story you know Mm -mm. and and so it is it is pretty interesting that um I I wonder if it wasn't the time period as well because poetry has always sort of uh from the writer's perspective or a literary perspective been held in higher esteem than the story, right? And 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 fiction. Um and it's only, you know, somewhat recently that that um has has somewhat shifted, but it depends on the company you keep and the circle that you're in. Um and with I, I don't know, with this particular story, I um I I love that now I know Uh, so much is deeply connected to Poe because it did feel deeply personal um, in reading it. And when I look at it, the second Wilson almost surely um, appears to be a conscience to me. And, and that there is this very deep and, and universal struggle. Like Eric, you were noting with this, uh, the playground scene could have happened in 1813. It could have happened in, Twenty thousand bc you know what i mean like this is this is he's getting to the core of, of sort of human uh nature and and our experience here on the planet and with this this idea of being being checked and and thinking yourself and that's why i said yeah he's a he's a bully certainly and there's a lot of things that he's doing but i don't think he's a sociopath and i, I don't necessarily think that he's He's sort of off the rails in the way that he presents himself. Because to me, I, I guess my expectation was a little bit different when the story began, and when I look at it, you know, it, it just it really resonated to to just feel this way uh, about yourself and and to look and go, wow, you know, like I um I need to be checked. The the, the fact that 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 your need for this manifests into this doppelganger and actually becomes conscience manifest that that you're seeing it it feels like there's such a a a deep um reflective and thoughtful quality about our narrator that gives him for me a little bit more purchase as a redeeming character as opposed to uh someone who we can write off
1: yeah that's that's a quality of of Poe's writing though all of his not all of his stuff but a good deal of it is looking uh towards the interior of, of of his characters of frankly like you know of the human mind
0: and the human psyche sure so absolutely well uh, let me ask you that i'm sorry did you ask no something? i was going to say um because this is typical of his style we don't necessarily get uh, proper scenes too often if we do they're very brief right um but for me i i love the cambridge uh gambling scene yeah mm-hmm. that really i don't know if if there were other ones that struck you but that one for me uh was was so great and it and it just it makes me a little bit I don't know what the word would be I was gonna say pine, but i I would love for Poe to have existed, and perhaps he wouldn't be the same Poe he certainly wouldn't be, but a little bit later so that we could have seen stories fleshed out and get more of this um because when I thought about the stories that I do know by him, um very rarely do we do we get the kind of narrative that that is made up of a number of these. Scenes, but that was just wonderful to me. I really loved it.
1: Yeah, it was sort of like the turning point, you know, that uh, right. that high point in our uh, right. tags pyramid before pyramid, the, yeah. before the before the climax, because that he fails at that, and that sends him in a downspin before the yeah. final meeting with uh, his doppelganger. Uh, Poe was living in Philadelphia when he wrote this story. I was just doing some math. 1839 that's post-published yes yeah. yeah so he was uh, in Philadelphia from 1838 to 1844 so I don't know if he was on the uh, Spring Garden if he was on in that What's house
0: 6th in Spring Garden is S- that the 7th 7th yeah, where else in Philly did he live
1: uh, there's, they don't exist anymore the right. other houses but there's a bunch he moved around because he did not pay his rent very well yeah or at all well there Sometimes. was a
0: little like almost like a Trinity or something in South Philly like underneath b- below Washington um I think it's still there. Yeah, I think it is because I used to live real close, and it either recently isn't there or or, or I've looked that up. because you know, that'd be
1: that's, that's curious.
0: Yeah, a little uh, little colonial deal, um, for sure. Um, in any case, ultimately, I think uh, we end up with with a a pretty introspective piece that um, I I really I really enjoyed. The it, it was it was interesting because I I had I checked out a few times. My first read, second read, went straight through. I it's, loved
1: it. It's dense, you know. Like I said, you gotta you gotta get into that rhythm. You know, I read this story a couple of times before, but like reading this before I like go to bed. You know, I'm like, yep, turn and page. Not I'm the like, time to do it. Actually, yeah, I'm like, ooh, fuck. <laughs> I, I was just glazing. You know, I know I let me go back.
0: Same thing a few times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But um, I don't know. My 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 final my final take is that I I'm really glad you picked this one because I love those stories. That tap into that Sort of like Essence of human experience mm-hmm. And I feel like here We are We are deep in the mind But in a way That isn't So macabre Or morbid As as, as we're used to Or would expect Yeah with a there's There's no Like dismemberment Or like yeah. blood
1: You know There's just uh, A guy Wrestling with uh, You know
0: I think there's like, and, and I love That yeah. now I know How personal it is Because I think There's a real confidence In the writing here mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to give you, because as you're saying, you know, a lot of his stories were the things that paid the bills, because that's what you're paying per, per word for, and you're getting way more words than a poem. And there was a confidence in the number of, of words used. Like the, the writing has a confidence to it that I really enjoyed. Um, and I, uh, I felt like he wasn't, I, I, and maybe that was what my point is now. I'm just realizing it as I'm saying it with the, uh, the elongation of we were born on the same day. Writers of a particular era will do that over and over again to get more words, to get more money. You know what I mean? And and Poe was, I I would argue, he was of that, that era, g- guilty of that. Mm-hmm. But time. I don't know if I don't think was, that this story has has much of that as what no, I, was, I was. I don't think he was
1: a word, uh, you know, a, a sense per word. He never had those deals. Oh, I I, I mean, mean, I don't. As far as my scholarship not to goes, my he would publish things, and uh they would be published paid he, or not. Yeah, he'd get a little bit of money, and if they republished it. You know, he wouldn't get paid again. Like if it was like, a hit, um, he was he got always like,
2: like nine dollars for the the Raven, which is, it
1: depends
3: has on who yeah. Words <laughs> <Yeah>. nine dollars <laughs> or thirteen,
1: depending right. on what. But by the way, you can't fill a gas tank. We're talking like a couple hundred dollars in like today's. Like right. maybe maybe you'd be able to pay your rent for a month. Right. But it did uh, give him notoriety that he was able to go on a lecture tour. Right. To for the in. next year and a half. He did two readings years. of that of that poem.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Um. He. Based off the strength of that, he raised money to start his own journal. That's what he, uh, I don't want to, we could talk another hour about his final days. And, and that was Playboy. Yeah, right. it was Playboy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> To bring it full yeah.
0: circle. Good stuff. Uh, so closing thoughts, I, I, again, that was my closing thought, really. He taps into some, you know, sort of like essential essence of the human experience here. And I I thought that was really very redeeming
1: yeah i'm just always happy to share a lesser-known po work that is uh I, I think it's it stands with with the best of them mm-hmm. so that's my final thought
2: <laughs> so just a, just a quick couple of things um I think it's just interesting that this story predates uh, Freud's concept of that re- the repressed alter ego by 50 years. Oh, shit. Um, and so, you know, so I, I think that's sort of interesting because that's, I think, clearly what we're looking at here. Um, are we of the opinion that he has stabbed himself and is dying as he tells this story? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and not to miss the point, but I'd like to talk about the smithereens just for one more <laughs> So this song that they wrote, I did do a little bit of research because it couldn't have been a coincidence, but the song was originally called... Brian Wilson. Um, And I heard some Beach Boys bashing uh, in the last episode (laughs) that kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. Um, But then apparently the band read this story, changed the name to William Wilson, and not to be lost in the mix, but William Wilson is also the name of the guy who founded um, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, Oh, wow. Anyway, it has wow. nothing, you know, nothing to do with the price of tea. But uh, that's my two cents.
0: Smithereens really s- pulling it together.
2: Smithereens, yeah. if we know the Smithereens podcast.
0: How? Uh, how? Uh, who was po the singer of the Smithereens?
2: Right? Uh, that's a question for another cast.
0: <laughs> was that
1: who was the singer for the Smithereens? You do not know? I, well, don't I don't know. know? I don't know. I don't know. Who's the guy that killed himself? Elliot Smith.
0: Yeah, that's not the singer no. for the Smithereens. Okay. He was a singer in um, in uh, a few different bands, but not the, smithereens the Smithereens were not okay. one of them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in any case, that was our closing thoughts for, for William Wilson. Absolutely, nicely done. That Floyd thing, man, I yeah. had no idea.
1: Edgar Allan Poe died on October 7th, 1849, in Baltimore,
2: under mysterious, mysterious. circumstances. Yeah. Well, it was rabies. exposure,
0: was it exposure, rabies, that was brain the, tumor. tumor? Could be rabies. He was in the gutter, if I remember correctly. He was in a
2: hospital, he died in a hospital. Di- yeah,
0: oh, did he? Yeah, was he found? He was found His, in a gutter or in a uh, bar. He was, he was found on a, it depends
1: on who whose letter you're reading, he was found on a street and they took him into the polling place, which right. he probably, well, which was a bar, which he would probably just come out of. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Or was no, he,
2: no one knows. Yeah, he was dressed in somebody else's clothes. Small and he was clothes. A pretty, he was a pretty hat. snappy dresser. Yeah. So
0: well, and I wow, that's interesting because that really ties into the story because oh, the guy's very foppish. Great pains. Oh yeah, he describes to himself, himself, himself for like two tailored, pages. Tailored his own, uh, row, and it is amazing but. that it was the same coat. And I yeah. cannot believe because I was very particular yeah. about my fur coats. Like yeah, he goes yeah. through great pain. That's a paragraph yeah. and a half.
1: Nice. That, that'll be the next cast. That'll be a bonus. That'll be a bonus cast. Maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll throw Fopism. out
2: there. I'd like to have seen though the doppelganger um, at the tailor. Ha- describing the <laughs> coat in his whisper like this. Yeah. Right? It must have been very frustrating for both parties. Seven yeah. raccoon
0: tales. Wait, how many? <laughs> <Seven>. <laughs> yeah, Ouch. nice. All right, and uh, so we are pairing William Wilson with uh, the seminal follow-up of, um, of course, my Bloody Valentine's uh, critically acclaimed first album, their debut the follow-up is Loveless, so we're gonna be talking about about that. Uh, I think, while they're typically uh, lumped in or, or grouped with the um, shoegaze sort of like genre, uh, arguably like 19, one of the 1991 one of the, that's the premier shoegaze uh, shoegazers. Um, I think they they have a, a an aesthetic that that and I, this is why I think the popularity, especially this album, sort of transcends all. You know, because there's this whole um post-rock movement with Rós and Godspeed You Black Emperor, Mogwai, these instrumental bands that are making these very atmospheric, layered uh landscapes of sound that I, I can't help but think you gotta give some credit to the guys who did it ten years ago in a different fashion. Um a more alternative format perhaps. Uh, but bands like My Bloody Valentine. So uh let's we ready to jump into them?
1: I'm ready, baby. All right. So uh this album I apologize for saying baby. It's all right. I don't feel like that's my
0: You say I'm, baby uh, kinda often actually. Yeah? Yeah, I think you're I a enjoyed it. All right. <laughs> it made <laughs> you're me a feel bit special. Of a, bit of a baby man. I said um, it and I was
1: like, that's not that's not my thing, <laughs> but maybe it is. Come on, baby.
0: Yeah, I, you kind of do it.
1: <laughs> At least the way I said it to you. Anyway, moving on.
0: Moving on. So uh, this is an Irish band.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that until just now.
0: They're from your your beloved Dublin. I love Dublin. You do. Uh, so formed in 1983, the album that we're talking about came out in um, 91. Uh, and so the founding members, so they went through a few, you know, lineup changes as as they do uh but the founding members have have been the founding members and the members since 87 essentially um and what we get is a little bit of controversy with this album so their first album came out uh and was pretty pretty well acclaimed for a debut it was it was different uh well liked well respected and people are waiting for quite some time uh for the next one and you know there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh, do we want to say controversy because both the band and the label disagree so creation records was this was this big label that apparently is like near bankruptcy because they put out a quarter of a million pound for for this album to get made and that has i mean in large part to do with the acclaim of the debut and they're doing something you know inherently different we're talking we're talking about you know originals here like this is a this is an original sound this is something that they're doing that i think is 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 pushing heavy m- music, but music in general forward a bit, right? With, I forget who that is. I think it's someone talking about Bukowski actually just nudged the art that mm-hmm. little bit past, past the, the previous point. And I would argue that my boy Valentine is doing this. So my first reaction to this is, wow, like I knew this album and then to re-listen to it now, years later, I really thought, God damn like the amount of bands that it came out after this came out I, I can even contemporaries I can I can only imagine just the just the widespread influence and that's what I couldn't get out of my head was just the 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 sheer degree of influence that this album has to have had um and so that my first major takeaway is that so I'll open it up to you guys what your first major takeaways were Did you not listen to it Eric No Are I listened to it No I listen, okay. I
2: listened to it a lot but I'm going to wait until the until the two uh, more schooled musicians weigh in. All right. I S- mean I'll agree with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I can say that I've never listened to this album before or anything from my buddy Valentine. Right on. Um I so I was I was pleased to to hear the sounds. Uh um man, I just lost my train of thought. It's coming back. Coming back, well, there's
0: definitely sounds on the record. Yes, it's we can in. all agree there. Okay, right. so the song, Almost the every student track. who does the, 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 the most obvious response, yeah, yeah. each, I tra- I like each track
2: featured a sound. I <laughs>
1: really like the sounds that they did. So, um, the songwriting was very good, uh, very melodic. Um, yeah, I talk first, about composition, yeah, yep. Yeah, I first thought that maybe my connection was bad to my speakers, mm. and I, I tried a different dongle, went to some phones listen to it in the car. And I was like, oh, no, no. No, no they just wanted it to sound like shit. <laughs> that was on purpose. They wanted to mask their beautiful harmonies and sonic uh, yeah. orchestration with with just this... Uh, the,
0: the, the male and female vocal harmonies are... are I mean, one of the best parts about it, and they are completely under this blizzard of
3: of, of just guitar
1: gu- and it's player. and that is a guitar. So fu- I'm a guitar player, but fuck guitar players, because only a guitar player would say, "No, man, my fucking washed out fuzz needs to be time 17." Fr- yeah, yeah. <laughs> needs to be the prevalent of uh, uh, characteristic of all of the tracks.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It, but frankly, it bothered me. I was getting kind of angry. I was like, "This this music is so beautiful. Can I hear it without the guitar? Just give it to me it's without like a the good, guitar." It's
0: like a good problem to have, though. Yeah, you know, you're not just frustrated. I don't anything. think I'm going to
1: listen to it again because of that.
0: Oh, I'd, okay. I'd so put it all over in the, the edge.
1: I'd put it on in the background, like if I was doing cocaine while watching the crow or something <laughs> like, that. like that's kind of what it kind of that nineties, everything's in like a red light or, or a black light. Right.
0: It can't rain all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it can't. I, that's funny. It's like, how um, do you drive that thing in the rain? The, the crow soundtrack and the, what's the, the David Lynch, uh, movie, uh, that, that also is like kind of like industrial stuff. Like I think Manson's on it and stuff like that, but it's got that same, that same sort of, uh, <sighs> aesthetic yeah yeah yeah
2: shit well we spoke about the crow soundtrack right the other day yeah um and for those who don't know um i swear you know i i worship at the altar of the crow (laughs) my first tattoo you can see it later um is the symbol from the movie poster and this uh the The record reminded me of a track from that um, from that soundtrack by a band called Medicine. Who, outside of right. the context of that soundtrack, I don't have any idea anything about them. But lyrically, it sounded very, very similar. Um, I did as much research research as I could. I was basically a My Bloody Valentine virgin going into this past week as well. Um, and I read in uh, I read a review in Rolling Stone, um, which suggested that this album takes about twenty listens to really appreciate. Which is that's a lot of heavy lifting. Um, that's a lot of commitment, and this, that's about this, as many listens this, as I gave uh, it. My bloody Valentine. Yeah, My bloody Valentine. All right, I got and seventeen I, more to go. I don't know. <laughs> if I... That's about. But I did it. I did a lot of background, you know, while I'm while I'm, you know, grading papers or whatever it is. Um, I was playing it in the house the other day. My wife came home. She said, "What is this?" I said, "This is the album that we're talking about on the podcast." She said, "When does the music start?" Um, <laughs> and, you know, not to throw her under the bus, but I. I, I did come to love it. I liked it. I liked it a lot, um, but I don't know, you know, I don't know necessarily to put it in context. The last time I was on this podcast, uh, we reviewed a Bouncing Souls record. So that's where right. where I kind of am in terms of my, you know, in terms of my musical taste is that kind of like pop punk um, sort of aesthetic. And this couldn't be this couldn't be further from that. But I was talking to you, Nick. I hear a lot of Smashing Pumpkins. Absolutely. Um, I hear a lot of uh, Silver Sun pickups. Yeah, um, yeah 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 totally and just again but my but my ear is hearing more is hearing more vocals than it is understanding what's going on musically and, and and sonically
0: yeah and the and the vocals really are masked like I and i excuse me i do think it's purposeful um because when when we think about I, i'm kind of looking it's interesting because i i did listen to it years and years and years ago and then to listen back to it now i am looking at with a 2019 lens and I'm seeing all the things that seem to have sprung from it and and I can't help but go to like a Godspeed You! Black Emperor, Mogwai, you know Sigur and these these post-rock things that that are without discernible lyric or they're instrumental and and this, you know, and you look at Gish you know, Smashing Pumpkins album is is a they're a contemporary and and literally I think one of the tracks Billy Corgan has quoted is quoted as saying I was just trying to do a blood, my boy Valentine thing. It's like when Kurt Cobain said I was just trying to write a Pixie song. You know, it's it's one of those things where, as contemporaries, they, they really just that, that appreciation was there and they and they tried to emulate it. Um and it, it for me is one of those albums that, um is an album, at its core, which is I think a very important characteristic of this you can't put it on shuffle so it doesn't actually exist in 2019 in the way that other music does um and i wonder if that's actually something that you know uh, major artists like if we think about this these guys were a major artist on an indie at this point you know they're getting more money than almost any other indie i think it was the highest uh, uh pre-production payout for, for an album at the time you know you're talking about a ton of uh, yeah. dough well, we and, spent a
1: lot of money on fuzz you know you gotta you gotta well, import I mean, all that, that fuzz but that's, <laughs>
0: that is shoegazing I mean one of the parts of it and, and shoegazing is interesting because it's a genre that's labeled by the performer and, and the performance and not necessarily the sound that you're getting and it's shoegazing because you have uh Maybe five to six zillion pedals in front of you, and you're just standing there <laughs> looking at your feet. Which is a genre these... I
2: had never heard of until I started trying to research this. this right?
0: One. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's 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 one that, um, you know, Co- Cobain. Uh, I, I always think about, um, Fugazi. I think about with with and, and it's um it's something that it, it's to me it's interesting because I love the music, but I I bet if I was of the age to go to shows when they were around, you know, 91, I was like seven. So if, if I was of the age to go to shows when they were around, I'm not sure I would have enjoyed it as much, but just listening to it, I love it. Like, um, uh, when you sleep is, is, is one of my favorites. I mean, it is my favorite song on this album for sure. And and it's one of my favorites of this entire time period. I absolutely love it. Um, and so for me, the, the, this album just really, blows my mind to see again the sheer influence that it, it, it surely has had um but you cannot put on shuffle you can't you you absolutely cannot daniel look at me like you did and <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> i i uh i i think of my bloody valentine much like i think of pixies is that i think what they're doing is fine but i i hate them for giving permission to other bands to sound like shit
0: Right so so they did a good thing and the people that are ripping them off are are not so much.
1: And some of those folks like we were suffered you know we had to suffer through their through their art.
0: <laughs> yeah I I feel like smashing pumpkins and even silver Sun pickups are are examples of of it being done well. Well I would argue
1: know? that uh, silver Sun pickups is it is is it being done well. Would you say like early pumpkins like you are talking
0: but even like Ava Adore yeah. and, and and that's later, you know, and and I mean, you listen to the second disc of um of, uh, melancholy, melancholy, and and you're you're in a very, I think, my bloody Valentine space. Yeah, I think they just use like a fuzz pedal. It's not a wash of and that the and that's, whole track. That, that well, I think that's the thing. It's like an oil painting and a watercolor paint. Like yeah. you may have similar aesthetic, but you're you're you're. The layers and the and the and the things, I feel like with this, what we're getting is one of two things, because he didn't put out another album because this is mostly the lead singer that's done this, right? He did he recorded every guitar track, yeah. um, and so what we're getting here is, and I, I read so this made the the sixty, um, I believe it's it's the um, uh, sixty most important albums of NMA, M- NME. Uh, new Musical Express Lifetime. So that really important magazine from Britain. Um they they put this at pretty much the top of the list um for that. And that's not to say like we've talked about awards and different things like that. But NME has been one of those magazines that I've consistently agreed with their taste and their choices. Um and with this, um I was reading you know, it's sort of an excerpt from this, you know, list that they put together, and uh, one of the things that was really interesting was he was trying to replicate the sounds in his mind, the sounds in his head, and and as any musician knows, this is a, a extraordinarily difficult task. Um, you know, you look at it from a literature perspective, David Foster Wallace. This is why we have Infinite Jest, and it's this big because he's trying to take into account every thought we have. In our waking hours, and and he, you know, his, his device was footnotes to try and do Are that. Are they responsible
1: for David Foster Wallace?
0: No, but I'm just trying to draw a comparison. Because <laughs> you're trying to get every, <laughs> if you're trying to get every every sound that exists that you hear when because in my head, and we don't get into the detail in the interview, uh, or, or the article rather, for an enemy, but like what it seems like to me, he was trying to do is he had the basic idea of the song. And then all those layers, while that's running through your head for the weeks and months that you're writing the song, he's trying to to, to see through all those sounds. Um, and he happened to live in the early 90s, so the way he went about it was a, a pedal board and a guitar. Um, and, and, and an ex- extensive pedal board the size of this fucking table, probably. And to, to, to see that, that could have went really the wrong way. Um, and the idea that he's made something that uh, continues to bloom the more you listen to it, in my opinion, um, is a rare thing. And, uh, it, it happens. I think modest mouse has an album, the lonesome crowded West that does the same. Um, and it's, it's, it's a rare thing to have something that we're continually finding more from it, the more we listen to it. And that's kind of my major takeaway from this is, is, you know years have gone by and I've listened to it my favorite song still my favorite song and that says something probably about me but more can be found uh, you know and, yeah. and, and it can be mined for for quite a bit more than even it's been mined already
1: It doesn't sound like a 28 year old album. I'll give no, it. No, absolutely not. I put it on and I, I listened to it and I I did read like I said I I knew of the band but I the name my bloody Valentine just kind of really turned I was like I right, what I I thought it was like like some pop the punk bouncing bullshit souls or yeah something, something right? that I just yeah, no I really <laughs> fuck thought, them I thought it was just some like really like lame band that I was like I have no sure. I, I, there's too many things to listen to yeah so when you suggested I was like all right well this could be one of those things still yeah <laughs> but
0: <laughs> you could have <laughs> fucked it real yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. um but i was really uh pleased that uh, even though i'm like shitting on like the overall sound sure. th- there's still a lot to to admire um i just wish the guitar wasn't fuzzing it all out yeah. so i looked it up it was like 1991 i was like holy shit i right. i probably listened to this when i was in high school like somebody it had to have been on somewhere right you know while you're like smoking weed in someone's bedroom it uh, <laughs> probably was on
0: yeah It's Um, it's a it's been around for a long. It's been around for almost as long as I've been alive. That's crazy to me, that it still has such a recent, very present. Didn't this come out the day you were born? (laughs) (laughs) Like a William Wilson.
2: Uh, Daniel has uh, suggested now that he would potentially have listened to this while both smoking weed and doing coke. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah. and
2: watching the crow. (laughs) It just it can't rain all the time. Well, you can't do you know. Is that a Jane Syberry song? It can't rain all is the that, time. Is that is that
0: who it is? I think it is. It's I a, don't. It's know. in the movie. It's yeah, it's whatever yeah. the song yeah. is in the movie.
2: Yeah. She had many hits. I celebrate her entire catalog.
0: You and your who gets just married on Halloween? <laughs> Wild ass nineties. Nobody. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my major takeaway and uh, uh, just just overall feeling on this is yeah, I, you get I you like it, you fucking
1: like it, and I can't <laughs>
0: help but think like I I bet I'm gonna go through my next few weeks going uh, hearing something. That pops up, Spotify is going to suggest to me. Yeah. Going, damn, you know, I bet they're going to credit, you know, or, or whether whether it's purposeful or not, that my boy Valentine had, had some role in, in. What do you think, like, Eric? I like.
2: I think that uh, this conversation is making me glad that I'm not musical in the way that you guys are, um, that I can't sort of cut as deep or peel back the layers and figure out what I love or don't love about music. That I just kind of hear it and respond to it in a more kind of like organic and and, and ignorant way. Um, I like the record a lot. Um, it's interesting because I had never again. I didn't know anything about sh- uh, about shoegazing, but you, um, Nick, referenced um, uh, Nirvana and Fugazi. You know bands that I, you know that I that I loved growing up and love now. Um, and I would never consider them similar uh, or in the same genre as this as this record. And maybe it's because they hit. Harder, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, faster, louder, that kind of thing. Um, I I can see it. I guess if I try real hard, but I'll I'll listen to this. I'll listen to this record again
0: for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny too because with those those bands, especially where I feel like they uh, cross pads is in and Dan's gonna shit on me in a second, but the, in the live in the live show because Cobain was known. I saw for them in a live show. Dragging huh, shit, ew. dragging shit out for dragon shit 20 minutes just 20 <laughs> minutes down, of, Dad. of, of the, <laughs> you know what I mean just standing there and, and and really trying to get as much of a warble and, and wash coming out of uh, his amp as, as so let me possible. ask you this
2: because when I was in high school I saw Neil young um, and that felt like what you're describing felt similar am I making that up
0: no no Neil young is is the Godfather of all that stuff man it, like like if you want a good just beautiful distorted sound, go to neil man cuz he he crushes it with a with a uh, semi hall body he'll crush that shit and it'll sound it's like it's that distortion that really resonates it's that tough thick sort of like double punch to the chest kind of stuff and and he that that's him man that's what he brings to the table so you're not you're not wrong at all my bloody
1: valentine they're not doing that distortion though they're no, it's a, they're it's not. a soft distortion
0: it is it's a uh, uh, enemy what they 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 call it a uh, um, it's a f- ethereal, yes. ethereal guitars, yes. which I think is apt. And uh, I thought, are you a Boo Radley man, Eric? Uh, no. Okay, because because uh, like Spiritualized, Boo Radley's, The Verve, they're always grouped in with these guys too.
1: There was an ad in a guitar magazine in the '90s, and uh, maybe it was for a multi-effects processor, and it said, "Are you a guitar player or a tap dancer?" <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cause you're, cause you have, if you have all yeah, individual you all pedals, th- yep. you're just, you're just And just that's probably, that's probably at
1: the height of that. And then these multi-effects processors came in where you can, yep. p- you know, dial in yeah, all of those
0: effects. You're bending down like uh, what's his Johnny Greenwood and you're spinning dials and you're pushing buttons for a multi-effects processor. Yeah.
1: No, you program it all in, you get your, your parameters set and then you save it to that one, to that one right. bank and then you step on it and that's for the
0: song. Maybe if you got the dough to be buying those types of things. Yeah. Uh, dudes I know are sitting there spinning dials and, and you know.
2: That's too Where much. Where does Peter Frampton fit into <laughs>
0: all this? Do, do you?
3: Anyone? Do you feel? <laughs> wow. 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 wow.
0: <laughs> my closing thought is uh, the influence of this album is is far and wide. Moving on, our beer is one of my favorites. We're talking about Oktoberfests, pumpkin spices, and the general aesthetic for beer of the season we are going to be drinking victory's fest beer gentlemen should we get it let's get it all right let's get into this beer uh victory brewing from downingtown pennsylvania as we all know i'm sure that this this is one of the first craft brews uh that i ever experienced i remember um when i went to westchester especially they would have them there for like a buck the uh the hop devil was a big one and that was uh like literally a buck for like a mini pitcher yeah. at 15 North We did victory before Jersey. didn't we We have okay. Yeah um so again it's uh you know one of our older craft breweries in Pennsylvania from Downingtown Pennsylvania they're known for a number of different beers mostly the golden monkey yeah. at this point and the sour monkey very high ABV beers hop devil um hop devil right. hop wallop you know yeah. the list goes on but my favorite of theirs is this one I I cannot say enough good things about this. Because I'll tell you what, the Oktoberfests, uh underrated. Right. As For, just as just a style. As in just general. a style, right? And yeah. I think it's because they're temporal, perhaps, and 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 people don't really. But the the they, thing about this one is it they they don't crush you with the pumpkin spice. Well, there's no pumpkin this, in them. Exactly. There's no nutmeggy, cinnamony, uh, uh, nonsense clouding your beer flavor. It's just a good margin. It's just a God damn good beer it's a it, it's it's mars in style thank you 5.6 and um to to get into it there's uh two row vienna and munich german hop or malts in it whole flower german hops the notes are subtly sweet with a delicate malt nose this is one of my favorite just drinking beers i think from the abv and the general flavor I wish this was this was year round, but this is uh, this is my choice and my my. Well, no, I picked the album, yeah. But this is my other contribution.
1: I haven't had this in a long time, but I love Oktoberfest. So let's let's crack these open.
0: Crack them open. Yeah, we got
1: you have an opener. Hey, Wait. Daniel could. Oh, whose keys are these? Whose
3: keys
0: are these? <laughs> <laughs> these. It's like a. That th- are they mine? Oh, no, these are, these are my keys. Oh. <laughs> 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 Seeing how
2: the sausage is made. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Has shattered a lot of my illusions <laughs> about the magic of this production.
0: There's actually a, a one right behind your head. No, no, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna you're let gonna it do happen. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So again, um, one of the things, and one of the, the beautiful things about a fest beer, I think, is that when the weather gets colder, you have your friends over, and often you're exchanging brews. You're bringing some new brews to the table. The idea of friendship and camaraderie, these are the two keys to any festive event. Thank you, Victory Brewing, for reiterating that to us. Uh, The beer should be full-bodied, yet infinitely smooth, seductively malty. Uh, A kiss of hops for balance. That is the fest beer. Cheers, Cheers, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love it, man.
2: It is seductively malty.
0: Right? Oh my but God. it's not so goddamn sweet that you're that you're like the double box and stuff like that, hitting you in the mandibles and stuff, and there's <laughs> very a, little malt and there's, there's none of that. <laughs> none of that. You know, cause I know Eric, you're a you're a you're a pumpkin spiceman.
2: Oh, I'm a pumpkin spiceman.
0: I'm a pumpkin spiceman in my coffee and in my cakes and in my what have yous Pumpkin rolls Whatever I I don't discriminate there But when it comes to the beer I guess I drank a bunch Of the Pumpkin King For a while Mm -hmm. Which is not to knock The Pumpkin King But I feel like You can do one And I'd much prefer Something that's still Festive And has A good flavor That I can do A few Agreed And that's That's where I stand on that And um To be perfectly honest With you This is This is the one And and it's only available In the fall season It's so
1: nice man The uh I love a good Oktoberfest, and they really hit all the marks here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's partly a Pennsylvania thing. Um, we do Ooh. great loggers. We, we do. You're right. And we do great. Well, we just do great German style beers. I guess yeah. because of the German heritage and victories, like they're out there in. Yep. In uh in Pennsylvania, Deutschland.
0: Yeah, they're in the Lancaster. They're yeah. so close to Lancaster. It's nutty. Yeah. Near, Absolutely. Near
2: Blue Ball, and Intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bird in hand? Bird in hand. Yeah. Did I make up Blue Ball? Is that a thing? Blue, it's, there's Blue Bell. Oh. All right. Well, that's good. I, thought that. you were, I <laughs> really
0: thought you were being uh, funny there. I didn't realize, you know, it's Blue Bell. In any case, have you guys ever drank from the boot? Yes. Nice. No. We'd but. love to hear about it.
2: Uh, we have a friend who, uh, whose parents throw a ridiculous Oktoberfest. In fact, it's this, uh, it's this Saturday. Um, so I invite you all to come out. Um, <laughs> that is a very traditional Oktoberfest celebration, uh, the likes of right which on. I had never seen um, until we aligned ourselves with this family. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of the drinking from the boot, um, the big glass boot.
0: Yeah, if anybody's un- unfamiliar, go watch Beer Fest. But the the boot is not a, a literal boot; it is in the shape of a boot. It is a glass. And there's a particular approach to drinking it, correct? Right? Because of uh,
2: I just open my mouth and pour the beer in.
0: Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty classic, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you, I mean, in Beer Fest, there's the whole thing about the bubble, you know, splashing back at you. So they turn the boot to alleviate that, almost act as a as a carb. Oh, you know. the
2: the the toe. Right, faces upward. Exactly. Right? Yes, that's, yeah, well, so that's common it. sense when drinking from a boot.
0: From a boot, <laughs> from a boot. Um, I went. My uh, favorite Oktoberfest is uh, to bring it back together. My buddy Kevin, who uh, was in my first bands together, Poe Fan, who introduced me to Sixty Seven Tales. Rock. <laughs> um, he had his bachelor party in Asheville, North Carolina. We rented a gigantic cabin for Octoberfest. And if you're unfamiliar, there's about 25 breweries in Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, their Oktoberfest shuts down an entire street, and every brewery has a booth. And they have traditional German music being played on the stage at the end of the booth. And you pay your entrance fee, and then you get a uh, mug uh, that hangs around your neck that you can drink for free for the duration of the day. Um, And it's absolutely wonderful. But I will say... Dude missed the Festbier. while I was down there.
1: Festbier is great. Uh, malty. Uh, malty front. Malty back. Mm-hmm. Nice caramelness happening there. Yep. A uh, little uh, bit of punch, but the I, hops are very subtle. I feel like I could have two of these before it just became this kind of cloying, kind of uh, just coats you, you know? A
0: little bit of, yeah, it's not nearly as, and that's what I think. It's the balance of this thing, man. Yeah. It's just so wonderful. But I'm on board. I'm a big fan. I'm going to buy a Sixer. Absolutely.
2: I would pair it with a uh, a nice hot turkey bowl from Wawa. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I actually a, I really was going idea. with a, roast
0: duck, but okay, I'm a bowlsman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm a I'm a uh, gobbleman. Yeah, good old gobbler sands the cranberry sauce because oh no, get out of my face! Give it to me. Oh no, thank
2: you. Yeah. Yeah. You'd like him to scoop it off of the sandwich and hand it to you? Yeah. Oh okay. god,
0: and it poisons everything. <laughs> it pinkifies it all. It's just it does not. not it, does. it Yeah. It's just, oh, no thank you. Yeah. You couldn't scrape. It's a lost. No thank you. Yeah, the curb. You're losing of, gravy? The curb appeal scraping? is not, uh. Mm. Yeah. No just thank no thank you, you sir. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, Nothing uh, about Nothing. Uh, yes, appeals. yes,
1: I would like to, uh. I yeah, it's a button. I, I, I want to <laughs> put. I want to put my
0: red shirt in my laundry. Yeah. <laughs> is what happens with the goddamn cranberry sauce. No, thank you. Um, overall, though, this is this is one of my favorite beers of all time. I'm yeah. I'm so glad that I got to share it with you, gentlemen. Can um, I yeah. can I share a poem before? Oh, uh, please do. Okay. I, I'm. A,
2: we can clink. Cheers. It little, yeah. Is it clink. about home furnishings in any way?
1: Uh, God damn you, Eric. Oh. <laughs> you know me. So Spirled this it. is a poem called Lines on Ale, which is attributed to Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, Supposedly, he wrote it at Washington Tavern in Lowell, Massachusetts in 1848. There's really no definitive proof that he did it, but maybe he was passing through, and that was how he was paying his bar tab. Oh, right on. Here's this thing, and they hung it up, and it was up there for, for, you know, until 1920 or something. So, here is
2: the poem. Is that it? I think I think the poem is on my is on my mug. Oh,
1: nice. <laughs> Let's see. Lines on ale. Filled with mingled cream and amber, I will drain that glass again. Such hilarious visions clamber through the chamber of my brain. Quaintest thoughts, queerest fancies come to life and fade away. What care I how time advances? I am drinking ale today.
3: Ooh.
0: Crushed it. Cheers, friends. Edgar, cheers. Right.
3: Nicely I done.
1: I give this story. Um, what's, ha- what's happening right now? Eight. <laughs> this, it's, this is the process. <laughs> I did not come prepared. I give this story eight out of eight parts of a dismembered body Okay. under a floorboard.
0: Right on. Right I on.
1: give the album. Six out of eight dismembered parts of a body under a floorboard, and this ale eight out of eight dismembered, so you got the legs body you yep. got the limbs, you got mm-hmm. the head, right. torso's gotta be broken up into a couple,
0: I feel like entrails are one thing that's
1: seven that's a that's in like a
0: bag, so that's probably part eight, yeah, yeah, there we go for mm-hmm. a tub it caught all nicely done i um i will I will see you on the beer, eight mm-hmm. out of eight. Uh, dismembered body parts under a floorboard. Um, a single floorboard? F- four boards. So, yeah, that could be a big floorboard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're talking about the 1800s. Yeah. They were pretty thick. They were pretty.
2: They were known for their their wide floorboards. Yeah, cool. I mean, <laughs> like literally. you can't you
1: can't you can't talk to someone from the 1800s <laughs> without hearing about their wide floorboards. <laughs>
0: Don't I know it? <laughs> oh my god! Look at our. Pumpkin colored floorboards. <laughs> um I literally had a realtor be like, like that was the selling point. Like you realize that these are original, wide pumpkin colored floorboards. Jesus Christ. And you know like, how Lady. many dismembered bodies yeah. you could bury beneath yeah. these floorboards. So I agree with you on the fest beer. <laughs> eight out of eight dismembered body parts under the floorboards. I will flip it and say Loveless. The album gets eight out of eight as well from me. And the story is uh, a six out of eight dismembered body parts under the floorboards. Fair. for me.
2: I would uh, I would give the story a um, six point seven five dismembered body parts under wide pumpkin colored floorboards. What's
0: Ooh. the .75? Ooh,
2: something like a finger. <laughs> all um, <the> right. <laughs> uh, I would give uh, I would give the album. I hadn't thought about it. In terms of dismembered body parts before we got here who has <laughs> right <laughs> um i would give it a f- five between five and six so say 5.5 yeah. 5. I'm, a, I'm a i'm a decimal uh, yeah, fan um put that head and uh toe in the fridge
0: this is the guy who lost his mind when uh our favorite beer drinking app went to decimals
2: Oh, I was very excited. <laughs> I had been waiting. Finally! I had been if waiting. If only Goodreads would I, catch up. I Jesus. couldn't give an accurate accounting of my... It's extraordinarily ride. difficult, the Absolutely. number of beers that are and out I there. would give uh I would give the beer a a solid seven out of eight uh, dismembered.
0: I didn't know points. if you were going to like this No, one. I like I'm the glad. beer a lot. I like it a lot. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thank you for having me. I am so pleased that you were here, especially on this, the cast of Poe. Uh, without Gregorio here, though, I will say. Um,
1: we have no idea how to At a plug loss, at a loss, How media. to
0: plug it. I don't know how to do it. Let me try it. Okay, go for it. Go for it.
1: All right. Uh, check <laughs> us on social media uh, <laughs> the book record beer backslash twitter.com. We're on the website Instagram. Uh, we're also on the website Facebook. Uh, check us, like us, subscribe. Ha ha ha! <laughs> 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 Nicely done. That wasn't bad.
0: I guess. Um,
3: All right. Cheers, Jens Cheers. Cheers. Good shit. Nevermore.